kind of ironic with that that year, especially. You know, I felt like I was a leader. I, I was always the guy that I didn't need a letter to to show leadership. I, you know, I did I did take some undisciplined penalties at times that the leaders shouldn't take. But Gary Agnew was coaching. He coached me in junior. I was the captain for him in junior, and he, you know, I think that there was a relationship there that we had. And and again, I'm still still friends with Gary and his family now. So it's it's something that you know, you, I guess you build friendships. But I think he knew how I how I was and, and knew how I could be and, and I and I relished being captain. I, I, I like having letters on my shirt, but I was that guy that didn't need it and sometimes probably shouldn't need it because I did yap at the refs and I did yap at everybody in the ring. So no doubt. I, I loved it. I love being captain and you know I still have, you know, the pictures of me wearing the tee with the with the crunch logo. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles. Episode 23 of Crunch Chronicles. Great to be with you as always as we have another wonderful guest coming your way here today. Our guest on this week's episode of Crunch Chronicles is someone who spent three seasons with the Crunch organization back in the early 2000s. A part of one of the great Crunch teams in franchise history at the turn of the uh, the century in 2001-2002. He's a former Crunch captain as well and he is David Ling our guest here on Crunch Chronicles this week. As we said he spent three seasons of what was a very, very lengthy playing career. We'll talk with David Ling about that on the uh, on the show here today. But uh, a very long playing career and pretty much smack dab in the middle of all of it was his time in Syracuse. 0102, the first year with the Crunch, he had 60 points and 240 penalty minutes, a part of that really good Crunch team that won its first ever division championship in uh, 0102. That was a really good team, the best team in the Western Conference in the regular season. They won a first-round playoff series. They ended up in a very tight second-round playoff series, losing in seven games against Chicago, a Chicago team that ended up winning the Calder Cup that year. What a really good crunch team that was. We'll talk with David Ling about that. His next year, he was uh, only 46 games with the crunch, 41 points in 46 games, and then the following season, his last year in Syracuse, only 14 games with the crunch, 17 points. But during his time with the Crunch, he was also splitting time in Columbus. And so while his games played with the Crunch came down, his games played with Columbus increased. He only played five games that first season, and he played 71 with the Crunch. The following year is 35 games with the Blue Jackets, increasing all the way up to 50 games with the Jackets in 2003-2004. And so that's why his uh, time with the Crunch was getting less and less as his career went along, but really an impactful player during his time with the Crunch and uh, just such a a great presence on and off the ice. Uh, An entertaining guy, no doubt about it. And he ended up playing in three seasons in Syracuse. He is episode number 23 of Crunch Chronicles. It is forward David Ling. Yeah, thanks. No, I I love talking uh, Crunch. I love talking hockey. I'm... uh... I'm back in Canada working with a financial insurance company called Sun Life and uh, got two boys in hockey. Actually, one, one's 13 in the Syracuse area and cleans the ice there for the crunch some days. That's right. We I, I remember we had him out. Uh, I think he was one of the youth players of the game early this season as well. It's uh, it's great to see. Great to see the the kids involved in hockey uh, as well. Uh, we uh, we'll get to your your playing career, and it was obviously a long one. But uh, it's been a couple of years now since you you've played uh, professionally. Uh, how has post life hockey been for you? Adjusting away from the game a little bit. 
Yeah, it, it, I, my my career ended up a little bit different at the end. You know, I I kind of kept kept coming back in January and, and playing again. So I was kind of getting prepared over three or four years for the the official retirement where I didn't play. So it was kind of a process where it wasn't just I woke up one day and it was done. There was a process, and it it kind of helped with that with that uh, I guess the hangover of not playing anymore. I still love playing. I still play four or five times a week in uh, we call it beer league, but you know I still like the the, the competitiveness and the and the the dressing room talk and join uh, the game. So it's it's uh, I still play. I still love it. I got a lot of buddies that play that don't play anymore. The threw their year out when they when they call it quit. But I love playing. I love watching. I you know I I love the game. Yeah, like we said, you, you had a very long playing career. Uh, you finished up uh, in the ECHL only a couple of years ago at this point. What what was the, uh, you know, what about the game did you love so much about it that kept you coming back for more every January? You kind of said you were phasing yourself out, I guess, a little bit. But uh, what what did you love about the game so much that you just, you, you couldn't stop coming back, I guess? Uh, you know, I just, I love the competitiveness. I love that, uh, you know, that I could still play and, and compete at a, at a higher level. And I, I always said, as I was, you know, when I first started, I, I joked around saying I wanted to play till I was 40 and, you know, I surpassed that. And, 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 you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I cherish now, but I just love the competitors. I love the, the, the game. I love the, the guys. I love the dressing room. I, everything about it. I, I, I love there's some politics that I don't like, but you get over that part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of you know having your your boys playing the game now, how how exciting is it for you to 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 know that you know they've picked up the game, they've followed along, and, and it's something they want to you know play as well. No, I, I you know I I love I'm not I'm not a crazy hockey dad. I I love watching them. I love watching them play. I give them some pointers, and and sometimes they like the pointers, and sometimes they don't. But I I love watching them. I I see. I see a little bit of me in both of them, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's fun to watch. It's I, they they love it. They were around the game. They, you know, they they got to be able to to enjoy it more than just being a baby or, or younger age. They remember being on the bus in the East Coast. They got them taking them on the bus trips for you know week long and, and and ten days long trips, and so they got to experience some of the pro hockey life, and and they love it. They they go on the ice and they they smile, and and, and that's the main thing with the with the hockey. Well, that is so unique. I, I don't I don't know if I've heard that at this level or the ECHL already where someone's able to bring their their son along or their kids along for a road trip. What was that like for you to have a chance to share that experience with them, you know, going for whatever it might have been, like you said, a week or so on the road and, and they're allowed to able to come along for the ride? Yeah, no, it was awesome. You know, you, you, I, I figured that you at some point you would tell your kids about your, your career, but they got to experience some of them old enough to – to experience some of it. And I remember, you know, we had a sleeper bus in the East Coast League and I remember waking up and my young Dylan, who's in Syracuse, was in the back playing cards with the guys. So they were accepted. <laughs> the coaches didn't mind. So it was, it was fun to experience that. I mean, a lot of kids don't get to experience even even in with their dad playing in the NHL they, or the pro hockey. They don't get to experience, one, because it's not always allowed and two, it's not always, they're not always old enough to remember their, their experience. Yeah, that's well, again. That's so unique and really awesome for them. And uh, it's wonderful to hear that he was kind of accepted right away. It's, I guess, not surprising. With if it's allowed, good to go. They're gonna they're gonna cheer him on and and uh, accept him in on that bus. But that's really cool to hear. He, he, he was on the bus. They were on the bus without me. Sometimes I had to. <laughs> sometimes I had to work in the morning, and they would get on the bus, and I'd meet the team and 
somewhere and, and, and they would be on the bus traveling. So it was, it was a unique situation that they really cherish, I'm sure, and will be able to remember. Yeah, well, good for them. That is awesome. David Linger, our guest here on uh, on Crunch Chronicles, uh, spent three seasons in the Crunch. As we shift to, to your time here in Syracuse and uh, drill down on, on your time spent with the Crunch, you know, before we get into any of the specifics, just, you know, a, a general thought on, on the three years you spent with the Crunch back in the early 2000s. Yeah, you know, it was awesome. You know, I came there and uh, everyone there was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a great organization. Columbus was, was, uh, was, uh, was there and, and they were, they were very, they, they understood that most players had to play in America to, to get a shot and they gave that, that opportunity and the, the organization there with, you know, Jim Sorosi was around then and still there and I'm, you know, I'm still friends with them and keeping in touch. So it, it was an experience and, and, and it was, you know, I got to the NHL, played most of my games after being with the Crunch, so it was almost a stepping stone and a, and a rebirth because I was 30 at that time. You don't see many 30-year-olds now with games change so much. But it, it, I have great memories. I still remember the the season where, you, you know, I, I scored the OT winner the last game of the season. I also have my son now, and I, I go back all the time there. I'm into the Q's way a bit, and, and 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 I love my time there. It's good that he gets to experience, you know, the memories of me being there. You look at the three seasons here in the Crunch, and, and you know, as you said, you kind of it was a stepping stone for you to get to the NHL each year. You played some games with Columbus, but as your games with Columbus increased over the three years, your time in Syracuse obviously decreased, but that first year with the Crunch, 71 games in Syracuse, 60, uh, 60 points, and a really good team to be on. That was a team that ended up winning a division championship that uh, that first season you were here. What do you recall from that first season spent with the Crunch? Well, you know, I think that we had we did have a good team. We had a great uh, nucleus of uh, skill and, and, and toughness, and we had Great goaltending, which I think you need to to go for a, a full season and, and and win the division. And you know, we we unfortunately didn't go as far as we wanted to in the playoffs, but we thought we had the team that could have. And you know, it's that's that's what they say. It's so hard to have a championship team because it is sometimes the best teams don't win, and, and the teams that have the, the are on the best ride, you know, sometimes win. So I think you know we felt we had the team to win that year, and, and we just didn't. Yeah, it was a second-round loss against Chicago, and Chicago ended up going on to win the Calder Cup that season. Uh, you sweep the first-round series, and that second round against Chicago goes all the way to seven games. Um, you know what stands and I, out? And I think, and I think if I remember, I think they 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 walked through the the next next round. I think they just walked through it. So I think that you know I think it might have been the two best teams playing, and we got beat by them. Yeah, just a really good uh, good matchup there. And like you said, they they did steamroll the rest of the way. What do you remember from that that? series it was obviously a tight one with the wolves what do you remember from that playoff series well you know i, I remember going to going to seven and you know you, any anyone that says they don't have nerves going into a game seven is uh is, is lying and you know the nerves are i i tell my boys and and, and other hockey players that i kind of help out i tell them that nerves are are normal and, and it's how you deal with the with the nerves but i you know we, i remember they had i think they had the you know the best power play in the league that year they had bunch of bunch of guys that uh and you had to stay out of the box and you know sometimes we we like get the penalty so it was it was a good series and we took them to seven and and you know obviously i don't know but the best team won but 
they, they ended up going on and, and winning the league that year. Yeah, they, uh, as we said, Chicago beats Houston in the, the next round in five games and then Bridgeport in five games as well. Like you said, just steamrolling through uh, over their way to this, the, the Calder Cup. But uh, it was a really good series against the Crunch, a seven-game series between those two teams. Uh, so that was year number one. You also, as you said, kind of got uh, your feet wet in the organization, got five games up in Columbus. It was your first time in the NHL in a couple of years. At what point would you start to realize, like, this is – I'm making the steps in the right direction once again to, to become more of a, a regular in the NHL. You get five games that year. It continues to increase. But at that point during that season, do you did you start to think, hey, the, the, the process is in place here for me to, to make more of an impact in the NHL in the next couple of years? Yeah, I knew it. And you know what? I, I was getting older and I, I, I was a veteran even when I started in Syracuse, but I knew that, you know, you do need a, you do need a chance. And, and I, and, you know, there's a relationship with Doug McLean and Jim Clark with Columbus there. I'm, we're from the same, same province in Canada. And, and, you know, so he, they kind of, I'm, I'm sure they kind of looked out for me and gave me that little break that I needed. And I felt that there was years earlier in my career that I felt like I should have been in the NHL that I, and I, and I wasn't. And, you know, there's part of the politics that are in the game where sometimes it helps you and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that we had a good team, we had good coaching and I was, you know, I was doing some things right. I didn't get there. I didn't get there to the NHL. as totally a skill. I got there knowing, showing that I can play a different game when I have to. And my role at Columbus was to be, you know, a checker and drop my gloves when I had to. And I, I was willing to do that just because, you know, as, as every kid that plays hockey at a young age dreams of playing NHL and the highest level, and that's, I felt that was the best way to get there. And I think that, yeah, did I get a break? Sure. And did Doug McLean and Jimmy Clark and Gerard Gallant and Jim Rankin and all those guys help me out? Yeah, they, I'm sure they did. <laughs> well, it certainly helps, though, and, and like you said, you made the impact there and ended up playing over 90 games in the NHL, most of those with Columbus over the next couple of years. We go to your second year uh, in the organization now, and, and uh, again, it was kind of 50-50 split there between Columbus and Syracuse, a little bit more with the Crunch. You were the, the captain of the Crunch as well that season. Uh, what do you remember from your second year, 2002-2003, when you had the chance to serve as Crunch captain? Well, it's kind of ironic with that that year, especially. You know, I felt like I was a leader. I I was always the guy that I didn't need a letter to to show leadership. I you know I did I did take some undisciplined penalties at times that leaders shouldn't take. So it was, but Gary Agnew was coaching. He coached me in junior. I was the captain for him in junior, and he you know I think that there was a relationship there that we had. And and again, I'm still still friends with Gary and his family now. So it's it's something that you know you I guess you build friendships. But I think he knew how I how I was and, and knew how I could be and, and I and I relished being captain. I, I, I like having letters on my shirt, but I was that guy that didn't need it and sometimes probably shouldn't need it because I did yap at the refs and I did yap at everybody in the ring. So who knows? I, I loved it. I loved being captain and you know I still have, you know, the pictures of me wearing the tee with the with the crunch logo. Yeah, it's I mean this is an organization that has such a rich history, twenty eighth season now. Uh just to to have represented this organization as a captain, you know, just not necessarily in that in the moment at the time, but when you look back at it, what does that mean to you to to have represented this organization as a captain? Well, I, I, Syracuse has, again, Syracuse has a place in my heart, one, because I played, it was the longest I played in any organization in, in my career, and I did play in 24 years. So uh, it, it, it has a place that way, and it also has a place because my, my son, lives there, goes up there and, and, and follows the crunch. So there's two reasons why it, it has fond memories and I re- and 
and being a captain on any team, whether it's minor hockey or pro, is, is, is an honor in itself because one, you're getting recognition that you are a leader and that you can be accounted, brought accountability on too. So it's, it's one of those things that you, you, at the time you, you probably think that you should be the captain, but looking back and, and, and looking back and, and, and really reflecting on it is, you know, it's, it's a moment where you're proud and it's proud to be in a, a crunch captain for sure. David Ling, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles that season as captain, 41 points in 46 games for the Crunch. Another 35 games with Columbus that year, uh, five points with the Jackets. You mentioned him just a moment ago as well, so I was going to get there at some point, but since you brought it up, Gary Agnew, uh, the winningest coach in, in Crunch history, he was your coach every year here in Syracuse. Uh, you, you already alluded to it a little bit, but what, what kind of coach was he, and, and what did he mean to your career at that point and, and earlier in your career as well? Well, he he was a guy that 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 wanted to win, and I you know the game's changed now where where you need to play four lines, and he was a type of coach that you know shortened the bench and gave his gave the guys that that could put up points more ice time, and that's how you get more points is, is more ice time being put in a position to to score those points, whether it's staying a little extra longer on the power play or or whatnot. That's how you get the points. So it's it was I'm sure that the guys on the fourth line didn't like him as much as the guys on the first, but he was a player's coach that. Uh, Everyone got along with. He didn't really snap too much, and when he did, everyone kind of knew that uh, he was serious. So, it's, uh, and I knew he knew me, and I knew him, and I didn't really have to 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 put an act on. He knew he knew my situation, my story. So it was. I I I I love the time with Gary. I didn't feel there was too many guys that didn't like Gary playing. So. You know, that's a, that's a positive still in the game. Yeah, we, we had seen quite a lot of Gary of late until this past season when the, the Comets, uh, I should say the Vancouver Canucks, moved their affiliation from Utica to Abbotsford. He had been with uh, the Utica Comets for a couple of years as an assistant coach. So we certainly saw a lot of Gary Agnew up until uh, this current season. Another guy I wanted to ask you about, you were a teammate with him. He's now uh, in the Lightning organization, and so we see a lot of him as well as Matthew Darsh, uh, assistant general manager for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's had his name out there and some of the recent open openings for NHL general managers but what was Matthew Darsh like as a player and uh you know now that he's transitioned into the management side of the game are are you are you surprised by that or is that kind of what you maybe saw down the road for him yeah no I I you know I'm still in contact with Matthew Darsh and he came out of Canadian college at the time and, and not many players players did that and he was a he was a big body, and I ended up getting to play with him on a line, which was, uh, I tease him now. I said, that it, I, I tease you now that my, my buddies at home, I say that the future GM is the guy I made made him as a player, and he giggles and laughs. And so, it, you know, he, he's that guy that was an educator that you knew was going to be successful after hockey. I didn't know it was going to be in hockey, but... Uh, it is, and he's going to be a GM here shortly, I'm sure. Yeah, we're so happy he's back in, in the organization, obviously, with the crunch with the lightning now and having him in the organization, getting getting to see him here in Syracuse. I know the people who were around when he was here as a player just love the fact that he is back, and, and we're very uh, happy about that as well. I mentioned I mentioned him in a – he just said he didn't get the, the Canadian's job. I said, uh, oh, well, it'll be another one come along shortly. He said, oh, well, I'll come back for a 
a third ring in a row. So he's, you know, he's happy where he is. He's getting a good opportunity and he's winning some Stanley Cup. Yeah, he's been a big big part of that brain trust down there in Tampa Bay and, and the Lightning are very fortunate to have him while he is uh, while he is still a hot commodity. I'm sure, as you said, down the line, he will be a GM somewhere in the NHL for a team. And uh, while he stays with the Lightning, it's good for Tampa Bay and it's good for the crunch. Uh, another former player I wanted to talk about uh, who is still involved in the game with uh, Columbus on the uh, the broadcast side of things is Jody Shelley. You were a teammate with him for uh, that first season as well. What, what's your relationship like with Jody Shelley, and and uh, and what what type of guy was he? And and now seeing him still involved in the game as well. Yeah, no, Jody was a big teddy bear. You know, he, we were we were buddies right from the from the get go. We're both from the same area in in the East Coast called the Atlanta Provinces, and you know, so it, 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 it's it's kind of a different breed down there. So we we hit it off right right early and uh i played with him a little bit in in syracuse but not much because he, he ended up going up and never coming back but you know when i did go up that one year for 35 games i did stay with him and we you know we became really good friends and we're still friends today and you know i giggle every time i see him on tv because he's got a face for radio <laughs> oh boy we won't tell him you said that i'm sure you i'm sure you tell him that all the time though but uh we won't mention it to him when we have him on the podcast here down the line at some point. Uh, David Ling, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, uh, y- y- you talk about playing here in Syracuse and, and how special it was, and I know a big part of that for everyone here is is the fans in this building and, and the environment that is created. What what was your experience with the uh, with the Crunch fans as a player? And, and obviously you come back quite a bit uh, now seeing it from the other side as well, but what was your experience from that regard? Well, you know, I, I think you always say you have the best fans, but, you know, those three years, I think with the with the rivalries that are so close to Syracuse, especially at that time, that uh, the, the crowd played played a part in, in 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 those games because they did add the you know the sixth seventh player. And I think that you know I they were into it. They liked the the, the fighting and 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 the and the hard work, and and they appreciated that part. So it was it was uh, it was fun. I you know I enjoyed scoring goals there. I enjoyed fighting and raising my hands after the fight, even though I sometimes didn't win, I still read and the crowd loved it and they appreciated it. And they, you know, there was a good following on road games and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I still, I come to games and still get noticed and it's, it's you know, it's, it's, that's a, that's an honor in itself. David Ling here on Crunch Chronicles. Is there a, a moment that stands out to you from your time with the Crunch? I know you kind of alluded to the uh, the goal you scored uh, in the last game of the year. Is, is maybe that's the moment, or is there something else that sticks out from your time here in Syracuse? Yeah, so the, the, those those two goals, the overtime goals, there were were it would fly memory. But there's another one where I fought Darcy Barrow and my forehead got cut and. I remember the blood coming all over my face and I, I think I won the fight. Some people might have a different one, but I went off licking my hand off the blood off my hand. So I think that's one thing that sticks out. I don't know if anyone else, you know, but for, for, on the ice, those are, those are, three of the things that stick out for me. Yeah, and how about off the ice? I, I know you're a big part of, uh, you know, you have a good time off the ice. You, you like the camaraderie with the teams, uh, the city itself. You know, what, from uh, away from the rink or with the guys, whatever it might be, away from the ice, did you enjoy about Syracuse? Well, I, you know, the, the coaches in there, I, I did, you know, I, I when I did play, I did enjoy going out and, and having fun and, and not always, you know, staying out too late, but Going out and, and having a beer out, and then and you know you 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 downtown, and then you head up on the on the college. So I, I did enjoy I did enjoy the nightlife there. I did you know we did have a team that enjoyed it, and 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 the game has totally changed now. It's 
you know, I, even my last couple of years in East Coast, like guys don't go out like they used to. They don't drink beer like they used to. And, you know, they're addicted to video games and protein, Jake. So to be honest, I, I enjoyed the, the nightlife in, in Syracuse. And, and I'm sure people are new to that do that too so it's nothing to hide <laughs> well no doubt uh you uh, getting away from your time in syracuse a bit and, and looking at the rest of your career as you said it, it's a lengthy one it, you played in a lot of different places a lot of different countries you know how much did you enjoy traveling around the world to to play this game you, you played in uh, what italy and and russia and and uh finland uh, switzerland so many different countries w- what did you enjoy about uh, all that travel and getting to experience you know different cultures different countries and and other places around the world yeah you know i people people dream of going to places and you know i was getting paid to go visit these places so it's, i enjoy the travel i enjoy seeing new places getting into new cultures and you know you're able to you know when you go go to russia for two weeks you don't really get to understand how the people live or you get to understand really how the yeah the place is prettier or whatnot, but you, you until you put yourself into the culture, and you, and I think it's something that can't be you can't read in a book. It's something that you have to experience. And uh, I love my time in every city that I played in. Sometimes it was difficult because of the language barrier, and my family wasn't there with me. But you know, I love I love that part of the, the, the game too, and seeing seeing different places. And I do recommend any player thinking about going over at the right time it's, it's definitely an experience and something that you never get to to experience again unless you're, it's, you're you're working over there and not many people work over there is there a city that you know kind of stands out to you from where you were living while you were overseas that you really enjoyed and and uh you, you had a great time you know just the environment whatever it might have been what a city that you really enjoyed over there there was pros and cons to to every city i was in i really found all of them interesting. I written you know, I was in Italy in the in a ski ski town and you know, it, it the population tripled in J- December and January and it was an experience where, you know, you'd have, you'd wake up in the morning and look up at the mountain and go up and have a coffee on the base of the hill and 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 see that. There was you know, Russia has the the architecture with the Stalin and Lenin stuff and it's it's so old and 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 with the history there, it's it's interesting. I you know I I wouldn't want to live in Russia for, for too long, but it was interesting for the time I was there. And you know I I was in England, which definitely was because of the English, and you know it's it's similar to Canada with the different accents. And so in Finland, which you know Finland's a, a city. I got there in January, didn't see much sunlight. It was an experience itself, just because you don't get to. You know, there's like one or two hours of sunlight a day, so that was an experience in itself. And and, the, and just getting in and, and being able to experience the cultures, whether it was having a beer or having dinner or, or just walking around looking at, at things, it was a, an experience in itself. Just seeing all the different people and how they live. Like we, you know, you get stuck in Canada or you get stuck in USA and think that's the only way that people live. And you know, people are people, but we all live differently. Yeah, and like you say, probably a worthwhile experience, and and maybe any other player who has a chance to do that should certainly uh, certainly think about it at the very least to get a chance to experience all of those different uh, opportunities like you had over the course of your career. David Ling, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, before we let you run, uh, David, just maybe one final thought once again on your uh, on your time in Syracuse. Yeah, no, I, I it was a positive experience. It it, it leapfrogged me into having a you know, 90, 90 games in the NHL after, and I, you know, I was captain there. I have a son there. I, 
you know, so I have a, I have a rich history there, and it's 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 actually the city I think about the most that I played in. One one because of my my son, but two because I was there the longest. I'm sure. Well, it has been uh, such a great pleasure to have you on the show here this week, and it's great to have you in the alumni base, of course, with the Crunch. Former captain of the Crunch, three years in Syracuse at 131 games as a member of the organization. David Ling, we appreciate the time here today. Thanks for giving us uh, some time and talking with the Crunch, and we hope to see you here in Syracuse real soon. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. I love I love coming on. I love talking hockey. So anytime, reach back in. There he is, David Ling, our latest episode here on Crunch Chronicles, episode number 23, now in the books with David Ling, our latest guest on the show. We appreciate his time, as always. Ling, who spent those three seasons with the Crunch, 131 games during his time with the Crunch, 118 points, 33 goals, 85 assists, and 394 penalty minutes along the way as well. The bulk of that coming in his first year in uh, 2001-2002. Again, part of one of the great, I would say, at this point, underrated crunch teams in franchise history. We have really focused so much on the recent teams and, and the teams that have got to the Calder Cup Finals, of course, during the playoffs. And, and yes, there have been teams recently that have had better regular seasons than that team did in 2001-2002. But that was the team that really uh, started to, to make some positive strides in the regular season for the crunch and the best record in not only the division, their first ever division championship, also the best record in the Western Conference in the regular season. And David Ling was very much a big part of that team and really a big part of the Crunch franchise when you look back at things from his three years and 131 games here in Syracuse. So we appreciate David Ling for the time here this week. Hope you enjoyed that conversation here today. If you did, if you have any stories about David Ling, who is back in Syracuse more often, often than not. We do see him every once in a while and it's always great to catch up with him when he's in town. If you have any stories about David Ling or any of our previous guests on the show as well, you can reach out by getting in touch with me on Twitter at Lucas Favali via email lfavali at syracusecrunch.com. Would love to hear, read, and share some of those stories with either David Ling or as I said, any previous guest we've had in other episodes here on Crunch Chronicles. That'll do it for us though this week on the show. Thanks again to David Ling for giving us the time this week. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Crunch Chronicles for all of us with the Syracuse Crunch. I'm Lucas Favalli saying so long for now. We'll be back next week with another episode of Crunch Chronicles.